Hello everyone, welcome back to Reservations. We're your hosts, I'm Rain Wayne. And I'm Jeremy Boy. Uh, before we get into the episode, I just want to wish everyone, I hope everyone had a, uh, a very Merry Christmas. Yep. You know? yep, this is a few days after Christmas when we were recording this. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I had a, I had a pretty good week crevice. Yeah, how about you, bro? Yeah, good. Uh, I had a good one. Um, I mean, uh, one of my Christmas presents hanging above my head. Uh, my general Malone. Uh, my shout out to my sister in law. Oh, yeah. She doesn't watch her listen to this. Oh, she doesn't? Nah. Oh, so she's like most people. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had a good Christmas. You know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. That's what's up. Uh, a lot of good food. Having fun with the family. Uh, a lot of sleeping this Christmas. Oh, yeah. I, I, I you know, vacations. Uh, I work at a college, so I'm on vacation for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, I sleep. I sleep like a mug. You know, but I, I go ham on that sleeping uh, <laughs> during vacation time. Yeah. Uh, you may also notice that the lighting is a little different. We're finally experimenting with lighting. Yeah, we're... I love consistency, and so it's kind of killing me that all of these are a little different every well, time. I mean, but once we get the hang of it, once we lock in on what this is going to look like, it'll yeah. then the consistency will take place, I think. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so we hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, you know, looking forward to a new year, 2021. Yep. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm hoping next year will be uh, better. Okay, so here's... Um, we don't have to get into this right now, but I am one of these people that I I hate it when people blame the year for something. Yeah. They're like, oh, this year. Like, it's just the year. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the yeah. year has nothing to do with it, you know? <laughs> and so there's this thing on Netflix right now that um, uh, the guys from Black Mirror made, and it's like, death to 2020. And it's like, shut up. It is not- Sorry, it's one of it's a pet peeve of mine. I don't. So what you're saying is when I when the whole when when 2016 happened, like you were one of those people who was like, who cares? While everyone else was like, 2016 is the worst year. Yeah, I don't care. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even remember what made it 2016 the it worst year. Doesn't make a difference. <laughs> you know what? Things are still gonna be this way in a month, which means it. You know, it's not just gonna stop just because it's the new year. That's insane if you think that way <laughs> that's not how things work time is it's just the thing that passes by it's how we calculate things it has nothing to do with the duration of things oh my god we as humans give it duration that's it it's the dumbest thing in the world anyway well we hope everyone has a merry christmas and uh it has uh, <laughs> Sorry, have I, a good New Year. I, good God, I don't like when people blame me here. Anyway, uh, uh, it's fine. man, and I apologize if everyone just heard that. Um, that was your stupid dog. Um, man, you just went off. Bro. I did. I'm sorry. I good God, <laughs> it's it drives me crazy. Anyway, um, right, Amoris Panos. We're gonna get to Amoris Panos. So, um, so man, you. You did something a little, little sneaky with this. Sneaky sneak? Sneaky with this. Uh, you never told me that this had anything to do with animals. Uh, yeah. Um, it's uh, Part of the reasons it's called this is because there are dogs involved in every story. Yes. Right. And uh, In one way or another. As you know... Oh, what the hell? Sorry. As you know, I am a bit of a... You know, I love dogs. I love animals. And so... And to love your dogs, you would really have to. So. And <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> and the first opening shot is yep. a 
wounded dog, and... <sighs> yeah, we start off with the car crash, which kicks off... It, which connects everybody's stories, mm-hmm. right? Is this car crash. And I like that... Um, I guess we're just going to dive in. I guess so. Uh, today, our film is Amores Perros, as you can see in the poster in Betwixt Us, hopefully. <laughs> um, uh, it's right there. Uh, we we start off with the car crash, right? And then mm-hmm. we immediately go into Octavio's story, right? Yeah. Um, who essentially causes the car crash. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that because, number one, I think it's the most exciting one. Right? Yeah. And what Alejandro could have done was he could have saved that for last. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we kind of forget about Octavio and, yeah, and then what that... we saw in the car. But I like that we dive right into his story. Right. Right? So we don't have to wait so long for that payoff um, for that car crash. Mm-hmm. Right? And we wait about 45 minutes. Yeah, I would say each segment's about 45 minutes. Uh, thereabouts, yeah. Um, yeah. About, they're all evenly distributed, I think. Um, me personally, the the middle one, uh, Danielle and Diana, uh, that one I think is the slowest. I think it's the late, least exciting uh, for me. Okay. Um, it might also be the saddest, and just because you just feel so bad for her, right? Yeah. Um, but in, in terms of how it affects... Uh, Octavio or Susanna or Chivo, it really doesn't, right? Not necessarily. Yeah, the only thing really is uh, Octavio, his crash causes, messes her life up. Right. She doesn't influence his life at all. No, he, but he, but he does. Pretty much ruins her life. Right, exactly. Um, so let's go ahead and start with Octavio and Susanna. Um, I think Gael Garcia Bernal is one of the greatest actors working today. Oh, yeah. I think he's phenomenal. He just electrifies the screen. And this was one of his, like, first big roles. It was, yeah. This was a this was a big one for him. Like I was telling you off mic, the next year he'll do Ito Mame Tamien with another um, Mexico native, uh, Alfonso Caron, which we oh, have, yeah. we've done, um, Children of Men. We'll talk about Children of Men a little bit at the end of this segment um, because there's a little, I feel like um, Alfonso Coron was doing a little, uh, a little tip of the hat for Alejandro in Children of Men. Oh, okay. um, so we, we are introduced to Octavio and um, his home life is interesting. It's, He's living there with his brother, his mom, and his brother's wife, and their new baby, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that they call him Pelon, bald, right? The, the, uh, on the it said baldy. Yeah, baldy, right? Uh, <laughs> which makes me laugh, I don't know. Uh, that I don't think he has a name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the mom kind of rubs me the wrong way, only because she is either very passive of what's happening around them, right? Uh-huh. Of what's happening in her household. But not necessarily because she tends to get on to Octavio more, more than Romero, right? Yeah. Um, which, sorry, that was my phone. Um, which bothers me, right? Because Romero is obviously... The worst. The worst, right? Suzanne is not that much better, and we'll get there. Yeah. I'm not a fan of hers either. Um, really, I just want... 
Octavio to be happy, right? I want I want him to succeed. Unfortunately, he goes about uh, wanting to succeed in an interesting way, mm. uh, which is dogfighting. Yeah. Um, I really love the the visual introduction to the dogfighting world, right? This is where Jericho first goes, uh, wins his fight, and then they go find uh, Coffee in the street, mm-hmm. right? Kofi? Kofi. Kofi. That probably sounds better. Um, And so when we're, I mean, we see blood everywhere, right? And they're trying to wash the blood off of some of the dogs. And it's really impressive how they filmed the dog fights. Yeah. So it's like I said, you you were a little tricky in not telling me. Because I feel like if you were to tell me, I would have gone into this movie a different way. Um, so eventually I had to pause the movie. I'm like, I need, I need to know for my own edification that none of these dogs were hurt. In the theater, it said in the very beginning. That none of the animals were hurt. Right. Instead of at the end, like buried in the credits. Right. Uh, it said it straight up. No animals, no dogs were hurt during the filming of this Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So like I read that if a dog was dead or dying, they were heavily sedated, but very, very watchful. Much like Kuang Luke, when yes. uh, the bloodhounds are taken out of the truck, you're like, whoa, how did they do that? Yeah. Right? Um, all the fights themselves are a testament just to good editing. And because, sound design. Yeah. Because apparently the dogs are actually just playing. Yeah, they're just messing around. You know, and of course, you know, some dogs play hard but there was uh, i also read there was thin pieces of wire mm-hmm. on their, their muzzles so they can't uh they can't really bite bite one another right right um and again the editing and the sound design i mean it just i mean you're feeling it right mm-hmm. you're feeling these dog fights oh yeah um and it kind of almost normalized it, it the way the movie treats dog fighting doesn't necessarily treat it as underground crime activity right mm-hmm. uh, at least to me it didn't uh, it, yeah just go to your local dog fighting ring yeah and you know every Saturday you know <laughs> let's go right yeah unbelievable and um, I was talking to you I think I, I forgot what we had what I had landed on what his name was I think it was like uh, not Gustavo it was it don't matter the the dog fight ring guy, the, uh, the, the the chubby, yeah, that everyone just calls Fatso. Yeah, um, yeah, the Gordo, yeah, the the fat guy. He's uh, gross. Yeah, he seems to always be touching his genitals. Um, when he when he's talking to anybody, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, almost and as a sign of dominance, you know. Probably, and because you know he when you know he's when he's first talking to Octavio, he says like you know this is my business. You know, no taxes, no nothing. This is mine. So, Cash. yeah, that's all it is. So probably, pro- yeah, I would agree that it's probably dominance. The dominance. It's thing. a dominance, and to keep touching your your penis and balls um, <laughs> while you're talking to someone. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, and he does it very, very sensual like, and I did not like that. I you know. know, he's gross. Yeah, very, uh, very just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was gross. Um, I. I just, I, I just really am, am just enamored by the dogfighting. I think that, again, it's a huge plot point. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, but I was always just so impressed by how they filmed those and how real they looked mm-hmm. and felt. Right? Oh, yeah. Because like I said, it was 
you know, was it yeah, tough for you? It was tough for for a while, and then like once my brain like understood like it's not real, you know, it's just a testament to good editing. Right. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm fine now, um, because you know it's just you know as I was explaining to Ashley, is you know different countries have different filming laws. You know, some countries when it comes to animals are a little not really relaxed, but their laws are different than mm-hmm. than here, and so. But knowing that, like the even said on the IMDb trivia, the Mexican SPCA was like very like watchful of like if a dog, how long a dog was sedated for. Right. They even tried to get, or not even tried. They did get dogs that looked the same. And that way, one dog didn't have to be sedated multiple times. A day. Right, 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 right. And they, yeah, it was like. Only for like an hour. Yeah. Um, if that. And only once a day. Yeah. Right. That was the sort of ruling. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, it's very, it's also very visceral too. You yeah. know, it just, yeah, it was hard. It was hard for a while. I apologize. Everyone. That was my watch. Oh. Um, wow. You're so popular. Today. I know. Uh, but it was hard for a while. And then after a while, I, I understood like, okay, this is, this is part of the story. Yeah. It's not real. But, you know. But anyway, moving on. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Susanna. Not a fan. I think yeah, she's uh, just, I think she's awful. I mean, she's not as bad as Romero, but she, well, you know, it's, it's, it's tale as old as time, you know. Guy falls for girl. Yeah. Uh, girl's like, yeah, I'll leave with you. And then girl leaves with abusive brother and all the money. Yeah. Um, that was, that was tough. Yeah. Uh, when when she leaves with uh, Romero. And again, the mom, I don't like her. Because uh, she's <laughs> when, mean to Octavio, right? Uh-huh. It, it, she seems to have it out for him for some reason. Well, and you know, when she's telling him that they left, you know, she almost, like, I was like, she knows. She knows he did something. Yeah. And I think she was wanting to see if he would fess up to her. Like, you know, did you not hear what happened to your brother? Oh, no. What mm-hmm. happened to him? Right, yeah. right, right. And then, but, you know, she knew, she knows when she tells him, like, well, they left, he would react. Because, and he does, like, what, what do you mean they left? Yeah. Like, well, he t- they took the baby and they left. I don't know if they'll ever be back or where they're going. And that's when you start to see the wheels spinning in Octavio, like, wait, that wasn't the plan. Right, right, right. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think she has it out for him, too. Yeah, she does. And, you know, again, it's it's part of this weird home life that he has, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, I thought Susanna would not like the dog fighting thing. Yeah. Right? Turns out, it's fine. Yeah, because then we see her, like, helping clean Kofi's wounds. and Yeah, so that was also very strange. Um, Kofi's a big character in this movie. Yeah, he really is. Uh, he becomes very important. Uh, especially when we get to the El Chivo uh, mm. storyline, uh, but uh, let's let's stick with um, Octavio. Octavio yeah. for now. Um, so, all right, let's talk about how we we do switch back and forth in this first one, right? So in this first story, we switch to El Chivo, mm-hmm. and then we switch to Danielle um, and uh, Viviana, mm-hmm. right? A little bit, right? right? And of course, that's 
very important because we need to know who these people are to know that they're connected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so not one person really gets their solid 45 minutes by themselves. Right. right. Um, I think the only time we don't see Octavio is in Danielle mm-hmm. and Viviana, right? Yeah. That, that's... Because we see... We do see El Chivo in all three. Yes. Um, he's the constant throughout. Right. Yeah, because in, in the Danielle storyline, we just see... We just see Valeria uh, after the, the accident. Yeah. And her coping yeah. with all that. Right, right, right. Um, so, again, we keep going back and forth. We're kind of not... I mean, I wasn't sure... First time I saw it, I go, who the hell are these people? Why yeah. do they matter? Who cares? Right. Um, of course, I had at that time I had seen 21 Grams in Babel already. And so I was like, okay, it's probably gonna be another one of those. Right. Right. Um, but in this one, the the switches aren't for very long, and the the main people get their main story, right? Mm-hmm. This is clearly set up in a three-act structure, much like Requiem was. Right. Right. And I, I just I really do like the the subtle things that we get with El Chivo um, throughout mm-hmm. right? until he gets his own story story yeah. and then we get to know a little bit more about him whatever. Um, yeah, because we see him kill someone in Octavio's yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, he kills that businessman, right? Yeah, in broad daylight too. And we're not quite sure. Again, we're not why 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 yeah. is he doing that? Right? We're thinking maybe revenge. Yeah, because he's he's pacing back and forth, and we're like, what's he doing? Yeah. Then he just whips it out, whips that gun out, and just caps him through the glass and boom, takes off. I think each story is pretty straightforward mm-hmm. if you if you want to just lay out the stories in a linear way, right? Without cutting to other people's stuff. Kind of like like when they show uh, the Godfather on TV. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you when, when you show it in order, right? Right. It's pretty straightforward. It's Octavio wants needs money. Mm-hmm. To take Susanna and leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, get rid of Ramiro because he's the worst person in the entire world. Yeah. Uh, he's worse than Upchivo. <laughs> I think oh, he's, he's the worst person. He's the villain of the movie. I cannot stand him and Him and Jericho, I think. Okay, Jericho. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I think, I think Ramiro may be worse than Jericho because Jericho's afraid of Ramiro, you know? Yeah. He says he's not, but he is. Oh, yeah, right. 100%. Um, and so when Romero starts to have success in his uh, robbery schemes, mm-hmm. it, it kind of sucks because, you know, like, you don't want him to win, right? Yeah. And I, you know, again, his relationship with Octavio is, you know, horrible. Right? Yeah, threatens to shoot Kofi when he finds out that... Uh, uh, He's been doing dog fights with him. And winning and... Dude. Making money. Him, yeah. I mean, all right. Octavio probably shouldn't have done this. It was, you know, uh, the, oh, the, the buying head, the groceries uh, yeah. in then, his line. And then headbutting him. Yeah, so he, I mean, I don't say he deserves to get beaten with a pipe while taking a shower. <laughs> but. But, I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? Well, I, I paused it after he headbutted him. I was like, that's some brotherly love right there. And yeah. Ashley was like, what? I was like, like. It was like the little brother was like, um, yeah, I'm not afraid of you. And I'll show you how not afraid of you I am. Yeah. And just headbutts him in front of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And But then, you know, it, it's, a, it's a whole little brother thing where you 
you get a big head, and then Big Brother has to remind you, I'm older. Don't ever do that again. Which is the the pipe beaten while you know taking a shower. Um, I mean, I try to put myself in Octavio's situation, and I'm like, he didn't even see it coming, bro. I don't do. He's he's humming away in the shower. Yeah, and then. See, I, I, I was like, I was like, man, Ramiro's about to do something to him. I was not expecting a lead pipe. Yeah, it was rough. And we see the injuries th- throughout the rest of his story. Right? Yeah, the, he's the, wearing a bandage on his head and stuff like that. Um, all right, let's talk about the the final dogfight mm-hmm. with Jericho. Right, Jericho wants a, a private dogfight, which should have been a red flag, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? Octavio wants to make some more money. Yeah, because uh, this is when Susanna and Romero stole everything that he had been working yeah. for. Uh, and this is when, you know, uh, right before this, he thought he had it made. Like, mm-hmm. Susanna was going to go away with him. Um, you know, they... He had won, essentially. Right. Right. Um, doesn't care that she's pregnant again. I would. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. And, and so... Once he gets that, you know, final blow uh, that they've left and she's left and they took his money and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it is terrible. Yeah. Right. And, and so we go to this dogfight. We think it's going to be kind of just like any other dogfight that we've seen so far. Right. Mm-hmm. Which has become kind of routine, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. Um, and Jericho just shoots Kofi. Right. Yeah, when Kofi was about to win. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The, and then, uh, and then Fatso was like, it's, it's between y'all. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just the, I'm just the guy who sets it up. You guys figure it out. And but, pretty much, like, gives their money back. Like, right, here's your money. There's your money. Yeah. Uh, y'all settle it. Scram. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's where things really start to go wrong is not only has this infatuation with Susanna, love, because as the title suggests, love's a bitch, right? Yeah. And so love has not only turned Octavio into a life of this sort of underground crime, which it doesn't seem to be, but it is, mm-hmm. but it's also made him a killer, right? Yeah. And when he stabs Jericho, um, which looked so real, Right, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, I was like, oh. right. I know, dude. He just walks up and just like, whoop, boom. And it's not like you know, over the top stabbing that, like you know, in, like in horror movies right, right, right. or stuff like that. He once, gets him once, and he he's gone, and he bounces. Right now, here is where I think uh, Alfonso Caron stole a shot from Inarito. Is um, Octavio and Jose get in the car? Mm-hmm. Right, they drive off. Jericho's men run out, get in their truck, and follow them. Mm-hmm. The camera stays, and we pan down, and we see the bloody knife that Octavio's dropped. Mm-hmm. This is just like the shot at the end of the car scene in Children of Men, when Chiwetel Ejiofor's character shoots the cops. They get uh, in the car, and they leave, but the camera stays. On the gun. On the gun and the cops, right? Mm-hmm. It, this autonomous camera movement that leaves our characters behind, right? And we stay with the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Love it. 
Oh, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Right? This is one of my favorites. They must teach that in Mexican film school <laughs> because <laughs> they do it so perfectly. Right? Yeah. I'm not sure if Guillermo del Toro has done it also, but... <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Guillermo. Um, because I think they teach it there. Um, so, love that. And then, of course, we get into the beginning of the film, which is the... The car chase. The car chase and then the car accident. Right? Um... I do like that we we don't really figure out what happened to Octavio or Jose until later, right? Mm-hmm. We're just focusing Jorge. on Jorge. Sorry, um, we're focusing on Viviana, right? yes, and Richie. You know. Yeah. Um, again, we we've gotten glimpses of them before. I thought it was really cool how they introduced Viviana yeah, on TV into this world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the advertisement. The gigantic billboard, mm-hmm. and then on television, right? Right. So we get a sense of who she is, um, just by visual cues and what's on television. Uh, and then Danielle uh, is having an affair, yeah, with her uh, again. Subtle. We don't know who he's having an affair with mm-hmm. until their story starts. Right? Yes, because in when we're still on Octavio's story is when we get that little flash of Danielle where he gets a phone call and he's like, Oh brother, it's so great to hear from you. Yeah. And his wife pretty much kicks him out of the bed because she's trying to watch TV. And he's like, I told you not to call here. Right. Yeah, no, no, we're gonna meet up. Okay. Just I'm not mad. But yeah, so we know he's having an affair. Right. But now now with who, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently the most beautiful woman in Mexico, uh Viviana. Yes. According to that television show. And I do like the sort of bait and switch of she's dating this guy. Um, he's also famous or mm-hmm. something. And I think he was like an actor or something. Yeah. And yeah. I think he was like in a telenovela. And then they, he coaxed her into going to lunch. Uh, she's hesitant. And we're like, why? They're dating. Who cares? Um, go to that apartment. Get to the apartment. Right. And then it's that bait and switch. It's like, ah, look, it's Daddy Alisa. And... <laughs> And Danielle pops out, and we're like, oh, hey, oh, it's them. Oh, he's having an affair with her, right? Right. Um, and again, through, I mean, it's not quite slick exposition, but I do like that we kind of get a, a hint of what he does for a living, which is the editor of a magazine, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he gave that guy the cover of the magazine. Right. Right. And, um, and so their story, like I said, isn't... I don't think it's as interesting to me. Um, it wasn't as interesting. I thought it was kind of dull, right? Um, but it is really sad to watch her lose most everything. You know, mm-hmm. she still has Daniel. So where Octavio's story, he loses everything. Yeah. Right? Everything. Oh, yeah. And Chivos, most everything, mm-hmm. right? He's trying to get, we'll get there, getting back on his feet and whatever. Um, there's no reconciliation with the, the quote, love that they're chasing, either romantic love or familial love, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is no, no end to that story, right? We don't right. get either, uh, there's no closure. We don't get closure, right, um, on either side. But with them, they stay together, right? Right. And so... Their love is, you know, is damaging their life by being put in this tragic situation. Mm-hmm. 
she is losing her endorsements. She's losing her jobs. Because her leg is all is, fucked up. Is gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all pinned up and whatever. Mm-hmm. Which sucks for a model, right? Right. Uh, it's like the worst thing that can happen to you. Um, this is, of course, in 2000 when it was gross to even think about putting someone um, with a pinned up leg or with scars on their legs on a cover of a magazine, right? Yeah. Now she'd probably get the cover of Vogue, but <laughs> not back then. Uh, not 20 years ago. 20 years ago, that's still gross. Right. Um, no matter how pretty La Pache is, that leg is gross, so we can't have that. Right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I thought Viviana was kind of obnoxious. I mean, a little bit. Like, her whole, like, again, like, I love dogs, but, and Richie seemed really soft. I'm a tactile person, so I, I think that out of all the dogs, I would have liked to pet that one. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I found her whole, like, dependence on this dog really annoying. Yeah, she really attached a lot of worth to that dog, mm-hmm. right? And, I, you know, you can understand because she is being put in the situation that she is homebound. Mm-hmm. She is in constant pain. And, again, she's losing her livelihood. Piece every, by piece. Every second that passes, yeah. right? Every second she's not healing fast enough, she's losing everything that she's worked for. Right? Oh, yeah. And so that I find very sad, right? Uh, like I said, this movie's a downer, right? And this one is pretty sad just because you can you can understand what it's like to maybe lose a job or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Lose an opportunity. Um, that's pretty universal. Right. I think. Um, in terms of their relationship, um, it's an interesting way to go about it because their, their relationship is challenged with this situation that with in. with the disappearance of Richie and and her, her just feeling worthless yeah when it started off all sunshine and rainbows of course as it does and of course you know you we can add on the the him leaving his family for her yeah right and it seems leaving the family for good. I mean, we're talking, he doesn't talk to the wife anymore, the kids, because she even mentions it, you know, that uh, he doesn't talk to them anymore, uh, which is... Hardcore? Wild, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, wild. And so adding that on top of, you know, thinking you were leaving for something better, and it turns out it might not be. And we, we get a hint of that when he calls her, his he calls his ex-wife. On the phone. Well. Separated. Separated. Yeah. Wife, yeah. Uh, on the phone. It doesn't say anything. Right. And uh, she's just like. And and I and she knows that right. it's him. Yeah. But he can't bring himself to say anything. Right. And this story is fun because we have a little cameo from Alejandro and Rito, uh When they are uh, setting up the, the cover of the magazine with that actor. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, Alejandro is the other guy standing up, giving instruction on where to put the oh, the text I, and where to put the head. Uh, that's that's the director. I think I might have missed that. He looks a lot different now, and so oh, yeah, he's, or, got a, he's, he's got long hair and a beard, and so then he looks and a couple Oscars underneath his belt. <laughs> yeah, and of course twenty years. So yeah, it's he doesn't look the same obviously. Um, yeah, and a couple Oscars under his belt, you know. 
Um, and th- I did check this was his very first movie ever. Wow, knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get to that at the end. Uh, but just start thinking about how amazing it is to have that much talent to say, this is my first one. And I was nominated for Best Foreign Film. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not just going to do a straightforward narrative. I'm going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then his next two movies would be the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, again. I wonder what he's got planned next now since, I don't since know. it's been a while since The Revenant. There was a point where he was going to toy with VR and make a movie with VR. I'm glad that we, hasn't come to fruition. Which is interesting. But we'll get to I mean, we might not get to that. Um, we might not get to that. <laughs> Um, but anyway. that's, that's got its whole other issues but anyway so uh, Daniel E. Viviana is me, with me it's always been you know sort of the lull in this movie right I would agree it's I mean the, don't it's, worry we'll pick it back up but because it, it is I mean it's sad but you know there's nothing the most action we get in this story is Danielle ripping up the floorboards yeah. trying to find Richie. Right. And um, and once he finds Richie, uh, you know, I've, I've every time I see this movie, I'm like, God, that must suck to be in a wheelchair in that house right now. Because yeah. your wheel's going to get stuck in one of those holes. Yeah, and uh, I, I love how they just haven't taking the time to fix them yet. Well, they couldn't fix it because Richie was over there, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure they will eventually, right? Yeah, because it's... Maybe. It's right? kind of... How I kind of read that scene is he saves Richie and you can kind of tell there's this like wave of relief on him. Like everything's going to go back to the way it was. Because, you know, this causes a lot of... The disappearance of Richie causes a lot of tension. Ooh. Yeah. And... He was going to kill that dog with chocolate. Yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, that's that's the way to get the dog out. Let's tempt it with chocolate. I th- I, I kind of I thought about this. I'd like to think it's like their dog treats, right? But they look like Hershey's Kisses. I know, but I'm just saying, like you know, they were in a separate container. I like to think that they unwrapped. Come on, who's yeah. gonna do that, right? So I like to think the psychopaths keep unwrapped Hershey's Kisses. Right. I like to think that they're actual dog treats i hope so yeah because if not it's like do you know nothing about dogs i know i've never owned a dog but they I know can't they... digest chocolate right. but anyway but you can tell when as he's holding richie who's you know, dirty and it's been probably like a week yeah it's been a while um and you can tell there's this wave of relief that everything's gonna go back to the way it was and then we get this contrast of how when she came home with her leg after being uh worked on get the same shot of her coming home and it's gone and now her leg has been amputated because she had gangrene for when she was trying to rescue richie and it fucked up a bolt and so now she has no leg and now her career is officially donezo right um and then we get that shot of the the vacant ad space Mm -hmm. right they had taken down her uh, billboard because um, she has lost that campaign, right? Yeah. And again, it's it's a loss of, for her, a loss of identity, a uh, loss of you know uh, who am I self worth? Yeah. 
But in terms of love, I don't know. I think she still has that because it's it's implied that they're going to stay together, right? It, you know, their their relationship has definitely been challenged and and put through this um, this crazy roller coaster ride. But I feel like they survived it, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Octavio's no, and we're going to get into it's yeah tough. we we get an ending to that story yeah, uh, and then now that we're in Chivo's. Um, different kind of love, obviously, but um, again, still, you know, drives his motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into it. Adichivo y Maru, um, his daughter. Yes. Who he's been doing some light stalking on. It's the only, this is the only time exposition was a little heavy for me, is when the, the cop and the, and uh, Gustavo. The half-brother. The half-brother in the car, and he's like, so who is this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we get the typical, oh, well, he's this, this, this. Um, yeah. Which, again, fine. But I thought it was the most heavy-handed the exposition has been so far. Mm. I think it's, you know, I wish there was a way they could have maybe sprinkled some of that information throughout. Throughout, yeah. Throughout his in, his appearances in these other stories, right? You're like, when, when his ex-wife is all like... Yes, when he's at the funeral. Yeah. Right? She could have been like, you know, sure she knows you're dead because you chose. And that was his wife's funeral, because um, that was a sister-in-law that he spoke to. Oh. Okay. Uh, so um, the only way, I, the only reason I know that is it's not weird in Mexico to say who you, how you related to one another when you're addressing them. So, oh. uh, so he does say sister-in-law. Um, so I think it was his wife who had died therefore he was able to not feel as bad contacting Maru, right because mm-hmm. um, he had promised right? right well that person's dead which means promises out the window uh, once they died by the way promises expire when the person died. <laughs> so um this might be my favorite story just because I think El Chivo is such an interesting character. He is. He is a really interesting character because he's <clears throat> also a dog lover. Yes. Um, um, by the way, uh, the homeless are excellent dog owners, by the way. Because um, you'll never see a, a, a homeless dog owner have a dog on a leash. Um, they train them to be right by their side, always. Uh, uh that's just a fun thing that I learned from Cesar Milan. It's true. And also in Mexico, they don't use leases. So they train their dogs correctly. But, um, uh, maybe lose my train of thought. Sorry. Might be. Uh, oh, no, okay, yeah. So, so El Chivo's a great, you know, he, he loves dogs, cares for his dogs, but then, you know, on the slide is a hitman. <laughs> Yeah, and a former gorilla, um, which not spelled the same, obviously. Right. Um, think of them as like political cartels. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're, you know, if you don't know what a gorilla is. Um, That's with a U, not a no. And so, you know, knowing that, you know, he left his, his family to be in this gorilla regime, right? Mm-hmm. And then went to jail. And then became a hitman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and which explains him killing the, the businessman. The businessman that was a hit that uh, he was told to put out, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's going to be offered another one. Right. Um, where we get this expositional dialogue with the the cop and Gustavo. Mm-hmm. And I I just I enjoy any time Ochivo's on screen because he's so captivating, right? Yeah. I think it might be the hair and the beard too, right? Yeah, and I, I oh, I'd like to say and we'll we'll talk about it, but he that actor having a beard and long hair truly changes your look. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Um you're you're a completely different person. There he is. Right? But yeah. Um and so now that we are sort of familiar with Ochivo at this point in the movie, right? Right, because we've before we get to his actual story. We've seen him throughout Octavios and Daniels. Just mainly just him majority of it is just him walking around. Yeah. Um in however now let's go ahead and let's invade El Chivo's story because Susanna and Ramiro are in his story mm-hmm. for I don't know five seconds. Yeah. Um we can see them on the streets of Mexico City, um struggling, it seems, maybe a little. Yeah. Of course Ramiro has already been, you know, beaten up he's already been jumped right yeah by so he, by Fatso's men yeah so he's you know um, injured yeah. severely right um can't wait for him to die we'll get there um and and so we we vaguely we briefly see them right mm-hmm. which is awesome right because now we get to know where they are in the storyline right um and so we're like okay so we're past that so we're it's almost linear right right and so, not quite linear, right? Because it's before the car crash. Yes. Yeah, the car crash still hasn't happened yet. No. And so, it's been, it's almost like they just left, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Octavio doesn't know yet, right? Right. His mom hasn't told him. So, we, you know, this just happened, uh, which I liked. That you can sort of think about it and piece it together like that without being told. Mm-hmm. Um. And so then he starts getting together a plan to do this hit, right? Right. Yeah. He's but he's already decided it's not gonna. He's not gonna do it the way he normally does, right? Uh, he he has an idea. He has a plan, and he's gonna use this assignment to follow through, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So one of his outings in his stalkery, right? Yeah. His uh. What would, Stakeout, right? Right. And the car crash happens, Mm -hmm. right? And it's then we realize everybody's at the same place at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? This car crash. Not only did Octavio hit Viviana, but Chivo's there too. Right. Right? Just kind of meandering. Right. We assume until now we figured, okay, he was, you know, staking out this, this hit, right? Um... It's so it's so as big as Mexico City is, it feels so small mm-hmm. in this movie. Oh okay. yeah. Um, by the way, Mexico City is gigantic. <laughs> so I, I don't know if anyone out there is a geography nerd or not. Uh, it's not that small, and so <laughs> the fact that you know Alejandro makes it feel it makes it feel small, sort of like in Magnolia. You know, uh, when you do a little reading and figure out everyone is a square mile from it, from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, makes that city seem small. Right, right. Okay, so the car crash. Uh, we get 
uh, we get closure on Jorge, unfortunately. Died. There's no way he would have survived that anyway. So, because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt or a shirt. Yeah. So, he's gone, right? Yeah. Um, Octavio lives, right? But he's really badly hurt. Yeah. And, of course, we already know what happened to Viana, so that's fine. Um, but really what we didn't know was what happened to Kofi, right? Yeah. Well, we should also mention that El Chivo also took this time to uh, steal what money Octavio still had. Yeah. Now Octavio has nothing. Yeah. Literally anyway. nothing. Um, so what happened? Well, I, re- I just realized in one of the other stories, I think Danielle and mm-hmm. Viviana's, we see what happened. Like what happened? Oh, do we see Kofi in one of those? Because that's when he's that's when he's he had just taken Kofi home and he's gotcha. wrapped him. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, you're exactly right. And then, okay. and then in this, we see, well, how did he get Kofi? He just took him right off the street. Because yeah. uh, the paramedics had set him aside uh, to deal with the humans, yeah. I guess. I guess so. It's a little specious. Speciesist? Spe- spe- animalist? Animal. Sure. I don't know. And so, um, anyway, he takes him right off the street and unknowingly um, brings a, a vicious... Fight dog, home into his home, with uh, four other dogs that he's been. Nursing. If you're an animal lover, this is the saddest point in the movie. Yes, uh, is you know his. I was not expecting this. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. It comes out of nowhere uh, when he uh, Chivo comes home and Kofi's covered in blood, and so he starts to freak out like, like "Oh no!" Like, what happened? What happened? Okay? But then he starts to realize like, "Wait, this." This is only in the face. You're not bleeding anywhere. Yeah. And um, he had killed all of his dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was quite a few. There's about five, maybe? Yeah. Five or six? He only names three, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Four, them, four or five. One of them's Bean. Yeah. Friore. 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 Um, so, yeah, this is the saddest part of the movie for you dog lovers out there. Because then he even... Toys with the idea of killing Kofi. Yeah. Because, but then I had to read it. I was like, you know, what was his motivation? Because he could have done it. He could have just killed him. And so I had to look up that. He decides that to let him live because violence is all he's known. Right. And again, he's starting to move away from that. Mm-hmm. Right. Slowly. Uh, but surely. Right. Almost as if Kofi... Is a reflection of Ochivo. Yeah, exactly. Kofi isn't a bad dog. It, this violence is all he knows. Kofi's been taught to be violent, mm-hmm. right? And and so I think you're exactly right. Ochivo sees that in Kofi, and he's like, you know what? Without even knowing his backstory, yeah. right? He doesn't know that he's, he's been, been dog fighting, you know, for weeks, right? Um, and which apparently is you know, the strongest um, part of his personality now. You know? <laughs> um, but you're right. He sees that in himself, sees that, you know what, if I'm trying to get out of this, I'm going to teach this dog, hopefully, to get out of this also. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, keeps Kofi, burns the the dogs. Sad. Yeah. Real sad. Um, and I think, it, you know, mostly it's uh, due to the tremendous job of this actor who is amazing in this. Mm-hmm. I would have been happy if he hasn't said a word this whole time. 
You know, because at, at a point in the movie, I was like, maybe he won't speak at all. Yeah, because... And I like that. Throughout the other stories, he hadn't really spoken... He doesn't talk, you know? Maybe just a few lines here and there. Right, and it was at the funeral, I was like, oh, he's going to talk. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that would have been fine if he had. Um, and so he kidnaps the half-brother, that uh, Gustavo's half-brother. Yes. Who uh, says that he's cheating me out of money, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're partners in this firm we and, you know, to, to take care of him, right? Well, instead of just killing him in public like he did the other guy, which seemed to go just fine, right? Yeah. Seems to get all, got away with it. Like, super easy, right? Yeah. Uh, dumb. And, <laughs> and uh, sorry. <laughs> Lost my train of thought for <laughs> preemptively chastising you. So, he kidnaps the half-brother. And, and doesn't kill him. Right? I, I'm i going to be honest, because when I read that this also is a, a comedy drama, I was like, well, where's the comedy? I was laughing so hard when he's fucking with him. Like, man, why do, why do people want to kill you? <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, who was it? Was it this person? This person? He's got a long way. He's like, maybe it was that girl that you're uh, sleeping with. And he's like, no, it could have been her. No. Was it her husband? Was it her husband? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, I was laughing. I was really, I was like, I shouldn't be laughing at this. Your wife, maybe? Like, Explosive. He's like, wow, you got a long ass nose, man. <laughs> so this guy's a real piece of shit. And so I was like, ah, you can kill him, it's fine. Um, but Ochivo was like, I'm not going to kill you yet. So what he does is he coaxes the Gustavo, his half brother, to show up, mm-hmm. kidnaps him, puts him in the same room together, right, overnight. Right. And I, I really like this transference of violence, is what I'm going to call it. Uh, by El Chivo, which, by the way, shaves, cuts his hair, that's a different person. Yeah. I know we were alluding to that earlier. Um, and I, the only part I cringed is when he's clipping his fingernails and toenails with those scissors. With scissors. I was like, ah! ah! Yeah, as someone who just recently took their grandparents to the podiatrist to get their nails cut, yeah. 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 Ugh. I was just like, ah! Ah! Um, but yeah, so this... Yeah, completely different guy now completely different and so now we kind of realize okay he is going to try his very best to get back into his daughter's life mm-hmm. right uh we of course see this by him trying to picture himself in her life again by taking those polaroids mm-hmm. uh, or those photos in the photo booth mm-hmm. um and placing them on the picture he stole from her house <laughs> uh, on her graduation day and or it wasn't oh no yes it was her on her graduation day that is not him Right. Right. And so, you know, what what's it gonna be like if I'm like this? No, I should probably cut my hair and shave, maybe. And, yeah. Okay, how about now? Better. Right. And so he is, you know, slowly trying to come up with the the plan or trying to build up the courage to ask to be back in her life, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't even know this guy, right? He left when she was two. Right. Yeah. So, so she thinks he's been dead the whole time. Exactly. And so, you know, that's a big task ahead of him. Right. Right. And so what I mean by this transference of violence is he is going to leave that all behind. He has a plan, and it is to make amends, this this reconciliation, and this redemption. Mm-hmm. Right. So he hands them a gun. Yeah, he uncuffs their hands, but leaves them bound enough yeah. to make it a challenge. And puts it in between them, says, here's a gun. If you want. Yeah, There's also eggs and milk in the fridge. 
Yeah, because he was like, yeah, if you, got, if you want to talk, sure, but if talking is not the answer, there you go. And they immediately become like animals mm-hmm. and try to. It's almost like he took his violent tendencies, placed it in that gun, and set it down, and it transferred to them. Right, mm-hmm. is what like I'm it like it radiated exactly. To them. It's like, and, you know, he's like, I'm leaving this life behind. You can have it, right? And and then they of course go nuts, and we don't get it into that story. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would say the 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 victim, the half brother. I would say he probably got the upper hand. You think he was closer yeah. at one point to the uh, to the gun at one point, but mm-hmm. who knows, right? Yeah, we'll never know. But we do get an end to Octavio's uh, story, sort of. Yes. Right? So. Ramiro dies. Yeah. That's, got a, that's got a, me being victorious. Got a big head and thought, I'm going to go rob this bank. And uh, little did he know that there would be a corrupt cop in there with his own personal bodyguard. Yeah. And yeah. Got got shot. Yeah, he did. Um, and so at his funeral... <clears throat> We see how bad how bad Octavio got it in that car crash. Yeah, they had to shave his head, I guess, to you make sure. You can see all the scars on his head from the surgeries and his arms in a sling and his limping. Um, he's damaged yes. from that car crash, right? But for, for some stupid reason, he still likes this girl. And so he asks her again, come away with me, right? Let's go. And she's like, your brother just died. And he was still my husband. Like, so? Yeah, I know. I love how he's like, okay. Okay. Like, you know what? I'm with him on that because it's like she should also be like, thank God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he ripped my earring out of my ear once. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Again, tales all this time, man. Yep. And then we get that uh, that line that I cannot stand. And that's how I know she's just the worst. Is she's like, if it's a boy, I'm naming him Ramiro. And, and I love Ugh. And... I I read that as she's still trying. She she's already hurt Octavio, so it's like I'm just gonna hurt you more. Yeah, I, there's no going back on that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he still says, "I you know I'll be at the bus at 11. I have tickets. Let's go. We're going to Juanes actually, which is near our nearest our neck of the woods. Yeah, uh, it's in terms of Mexico. Um, which that's not the place I would go. But yes. Yeah. That's uh, literally if he had the money to go to Juarez, he probably literally else. had the money to go anywhere else yeah, in Mexico. Anywhere else, please. Don't go there. <laughs> um, and so it's amazing that he still has this. Um, this I, I see it as a fantasy. Yeah. That he's gonna get he's gonna get the girl in the end, and everything's gonna be okay. Spoiler alert: He doesn't get the girl. She doesn't show up. Fun fact: the bus driver. Is uh, Giles' dad? Really? Yeah. Um, and so that's fun. That's a little fun fact for you. Uh, so we don't really get in terms of the love aspect of this story. We'd like to think we get closure because you didn't show up and that's it. But I, you know, again, he's so tenacious that I don't think he'll give up. Well, yeah, because you know he walks away yeah. instead of instead of being like, all right, she's not coming. I'm getting out. He of stays. Here. He yeah. Almost like he's saying, I'm going to keep trying. Which is insane. Yeah. Uh, she's awful. Um, and so anyway, so we get closer to that story, right? Mm-hmm. And so we sort of, right? Enough. And so we're wrapping up, mm-hmm. right? And so 
Now El Chivo is, again, in his new man, his new man get-up. He's got a new blazer, stolen, uh, from, new from sh- Gustavo. New shoes, new stolen. pants, uh, stolen. And he has cut his hair, he shaved his beard off, and he looks, I don't know, 60 years older to me. Um, I think it's because he looks thinner with the beard on. And, uh, yeah. So, once more, goes into his daughter's home, mm-hmm. right? Uh, listens to her message a few times to hear her voice, right? Which I really liked. Replaced the picture that he has stuck his... Yeah, and uh, his tongue on. must be glue, bruh. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of adhesive in his saliva, I guess, because it's stuck pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so put replaces that with the, his picture in place of her stepdad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then leaves her a message on her answering machine. Um, and this one is tough, man. Again, it's very sad. This yeah. is uh, his his plea for redemption, mm-hmm. um, for forgiveness, and for a chance to be a part of her life, right? Right. Um, and it's heartbreaking. Very expertly acted. I, I'm a big fan of this guy. I wish I could see more of his stuff. I don't really remember who he is, or, but I can find <laughs> out. Um, and find out what movies he's in. So we get that, and then we kind of get this sort of um, this sort of man with no name ending for him. Mm-hmm. Where he drops off the car uh, to that chop shop mm-hmm. or junkyard or whatever, um, gets his duffel bag and Kofi sees open sees an open field and starts walking. Yeah, right? that's it. Movie's over, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, kind of closure with him as well, but not, again, not with the love aspect of this. We don't get to see Mutters. Um, reaction right her response right. to this voicemail that he has left mm-hmm. we don't get that um, which I, I kind of like I, I like that it's sort of open ended with yeah. El Chivo's story right and it sort of begs the question does he deserve forgiveness or yeah. not or rule or redemption re- right does he deserve to get to just walk off into this open field right right um, I don't know. Um, maybe. We'll never know. We will never know. Um, and that is Amores Pieros. Right. What did you think about Amores Pieros? Did you enjoy the film? I time? did. I did. Um, as I was telling Ashley after I finished it, you know, if you took out all the stuff with the dogs, I would have probably enjoyed it more. But okay. Because I was... I mean, I did enjoy it. I didn't, like, not saying it was a bad film or anything. Right. But just, for that, for those first 10, 15 minutes, I was just having such a hard time. Because I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Even though, you know, just, again, testament to great editing, that they made it seem so real that these dogs were killing each other. Yeah. Um, but other than that, in terms of story, because I, so I've seen Babel. I've never seen 21 Grams. 21 Grams jumps around a lot. Uh, I was noticing that last night. I popped it in right after I'd finished the Pianos. And I was like, man, it jumps around like every five minutes or so to a different story. Uh, it just goes back and forth like that. Do you think Do you think with that one he really wanted to experiment with multiple yeah, storylines? Yeah, I think that each time he gets better at it. 
Um, well, yeah, because this one is bad. No, yeah, I, I would definitely say Babel, though. It's, it's honed in. Yeah. Like he knows. He him. gets more creative each time, I think. Yeah, but um, so I've seen Babel. And so when I read that this was part one of his trilogy of death, mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, I think I know what I'm getting into. Uh, and, you know, even though I couldn't name any of these actors except for Gaio, right. um, they were just amazing. They yeah. were all in on their characters. I also read that they filmed this in very crime parts of very high crime parts of not, Mexico. It was not uncommon for crew members to get things stolen or mugged by street gangs. Jesus. I, but I mean, I, you know, as we discussed when we did Birdman, Alejandro knows what he wants out of his movie. He knows how to get the shot and he's going to get the shot. Yeah. And, um, it's, I mean, it's still just so amazing. This is his first movie ever. I know. Um, to be able to make a film like this with such an interesting narrative structure and, you know, in a tough place yeah. to shoot. And yeah, compared to New York, I would say this was very tough for him. Yeah. I mean, which is why you start like that. So it can only get easier. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to film in New York. <laughs> Dog. Easy. I filmed in Mexico. I this will be a quick case. In 1999, Mexico City. Uh, call me when you do that. I was like, bro, we're, we're shooting in the, in the cold, bitter wilderness. Oh, there's barely any sunlight here. Please. 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 So, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of this film. I'm a huge fan of Inaritus in general. Yeah, I, you know. yeah, I don't, if we didn't stress it enough in the Birdman episode, and for all you YouTube watchers, go listen to our Birdman episode, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good jazz. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Um, was something with self worth in the title? Oh yeah, the um, the value of self worth. Something about self worth. Yeah. I, I do remember that. Um, you know, we really talked about how Alejandro, just our appreciation for him because I think he's a one of a kind filmmaker. You know, and again, for this being his first movie, he knew what he wanted. Yeah. Um, because you know. Something we don't talk a lot of, a lot about on the podcast is the director's role mm-hmm. in a, in a film. That's true. We barely talk about it. Is you know to take the writer's vision and give it life. Of course, in this scenario, he's both. Did he write so, the script? Yeah, I didn't see his name on, under the writing credit. I didn't. I can look. Maybe. Well, you talk. Jeremy's gonna look that up. But you know. I'm about I'm about eighty five percent certain that he did not. Write I could have sworn. I don't think he did. But anyway, you know. Out. But the fact that even if I am wrong, you are right. Oh. Um. Okay, but it is the same writer, obviously, as Twenty One Grams of Babel. His name is Guillermo Arriga. Arriga. But you know. Arriga. Arriga. But, but the fact that Alejandro took Guillermo's words. Mm. But he knew, like, okay, this is what I want to do with him. Right. You know, and it's, again, we've said it already, I think, three times now, but his, this being his first film. It's astounding. Run. I always, you know, think when I see a director's first film and it's amazing, right? I was like, how do you get the funding for this? I know. Right? It doesn't seem like a film that, you know, studios would be like, oh, yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah, that's why, you know, American filmmakers have to go to 
the big studios, independent ones, you know, yeah, like, the independent film companies, which is how you know Pi and Requiem got made, and mm-hmm. um, which we spoke about in our Requiem episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go go watch go watch directors' first films. I, I think that um, in terms of Alejandro, he was building up a style, and mm-hmm. he was honing in on his craft. If someone like Richard Kelly really just does it well once, and that would be Donnie Darko. Uh, uh-huh. That was his first film, and it was his best one, and he's never replicated, replicated that success or that creativity again, I think. And so for someone to go from Amores Perros all the way to The Revenant mm-hmm. with no hiccups, I mean, I've, I've seen all but one of his films. I haven't seen Beautiful yet. Uh, that's with Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem! And love that guy. All of them are amazing. I again, I've never seen a bad one. Same with um, Alfonso Garon, yeah. and same with Who Guillermo del Toro. You know, Alfonso gave us the uh, one of the best Harry Potter movies. That's right, Prisoner of Azkaban, Prisoner which Basketball. is the best book. Uh, but you know, again, Alejandro just like I said, like maybe now knowing what I know, I can probably rewatch this movie and be like, okay. My my appreciation has gone from, I would say right now it's at 90% to 100 Yeah. Because, again, since I didn't know about any of the dog stuff, I was like, oh, my God. I told Ash I was going to kill you. But after I finished the movie, I was like. I honestly didn't even think about it. I didn't even think <laughs> to warn you about it. Because well, I'm, I'm, well, even if you did it, even well, if you I'm knew. I'm such a psychopath about stuff like that that it doesn't even, I mean, it bothers me kind of, but it's like. <laughs> Well, and even if you had warned me, I feel like it would have taken me out. Uh, like, I feel like it would have been like, oh, man, this could be, you know, dogs getting hurt, even though I know it's fake. Yeah. It would have taken me out. Knowing, going in blind, mm-hmm. I think, helped. Because then I had no choice, but like, well, I have to finish the movie now. Right. I feel like if I would have gone into it, I'd have been like, okay, we're going to fast forward through this. Mm, interesting. Um, but I didn't. I, I sat through it. Cool. I sat in the violence and again like i said i think my appreciation for it is at the 90 percent. i think if i were to rewatch it now knowing what i know it would be at 100 and but again not not i'm not saying it wasn't it's a, bad a good film. it's a good film to watch more than once I, i've seen it a bunch of times um but you've seen every movie we've talked about a bunch of times that's true except for gilbert gray but i don't know <laughs> um, and it probably won't watch it again no <laughs> no probably not i rented it on itunes so it's gone now <laughs> sorry <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean it's just i'm really glad i watched this because now i'm gonna have to watch 21 grams because yeah. i've seen Babel, and Babel's the the finale the of this trilogy one. yeah so yes now i'm really up to i feel like Babel might be the most ambitious because of all the different languages mm-hmm. which is the point the, right? you know we have japanese arabic english spanish spanish and gael is in uh mm-hmm. Babel as well um yeah kind of wish he was in 21 grams also but whatever we got benicio so we good um so so after i watched the movie um i wanted to see more of gael because i've only really seen him in two other films um is one of them seen no oh it wasn't coco that was the other one because like that's he's in it i guess technically and so yeah so i've seen well yeah it's coco because he's uh hector yeah and then you're gonna I know you're going to judge me for this. Casa de mi padre. Uh, he's in that? Yes, he's the bad guy. <laughs> That's cool. And he smokes cigarettes the whole movie. There's one part where he's got like three cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> and he's like, 
That's funny. Um, and that movie's okay. I only watched it because I saw the trailer. It's like, impressive that he was able to, I, he probably doesn't speak Spanish, but phonetically just say the words, you know? Who, Will Ferrell? Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's fine. But, um, but, so I wanted to see more of him. So, you know, last week when we teased this episode, you mentioned Mozart in the Jungle, and I'd heard nothing but great things about it. And I was like, saying, you know, let, this, let me watch the first episode and see how I feel. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but also very dramatic, which I appreciate when a comedy show has depth to it. That's mm-hmm. why I love Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, I love Ted Lasso. Um, Go watch Ted Lasso. Yes, Get on. I don't care if you don't have an iPhone. Watch that last time. Yeah, um, watch Apple. It's on Apple. But um, but I was like, man, because he seeing you know after finishing his technically his first movie too to this, his range is just. He's unreal. also done like weird stuff like Science of Sleep, is a strange one he was in, um, sort of surreal because mm-hmm. uh, they go into drinking. Um, that one's pretty good. Um, and then, of course, lending his voice to Coco and, and singing in Coco. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up, you know, the, the speaking, because a lot of my appreciation and love for this movie is really just auditory. I love the sound of Mexican slang, mm-hmm. because this isn't Castilian Spanish. They're not speaking proper Spanish. Right. Right. And so um, there are times when they'll say something and phonetically and in proper grammar it means one thing but the subtitles say something different right right um and so i and of course the, the way after everything that they mm-hmm. say right it's very slang and it's very improper spanish mm-hmm. um i love it i love just being immersed in this in this world of you know real mexico right right um and so i love it. i love hearing all of them talk um and then speak in this way, in this non-proper Spanish. Yeah. Uh, I really, really like. Yeah. It was, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, now I need to see 21 Grams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It was it was great. I'll let you borrow it. I have a copy. So, Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up? Wrap, wrap I am up? ready to wrap up. Wrap, wrap up. Um, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Uh, again, this is another downer. Uh, again, yeah. like I said, this season is all downers for me. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I next week, uh, technically it's classified as a drama. Okay. But it's not a full downer. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, uh, season of downers. Season of downers, man. <laughs> uh, might slip into season six. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We will see. There's a lot of downers out there. And oh, yeah. my favorite. So... Uh, Rain, what are we going to talk about? So I really, like, I really wanted to, of course, this is before you pitched me this movie. I was like, man, what, what am I going to follow Gilbert Grape with? Because I wanted to, you know, continue with our downers. But then I was like, I don't know, man. I'm, I feel like I'm worried we're depressing our audience a little Tis bit. Tis the season. <laughs> Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. Um, so so I decided like I said technically this movie is classified as a drama mm-hmm. I mean a, a dramedy comedy drama but I wouldn't say it's a downer um, and that is and I had to look it up because I thought uh, we were talking about him off mic Jim Jarmusch I thought Jim Jarmusch had something to do with this it was wrong it was Steven well, Sodenberg oh I do he, like he produced it and that is Pleasantville Pleasantville yes wow Okay. 
I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, yeah, I started. So it's a movie for me that 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 has a lot of history because I remember one of the VHS tapes I had growing up had you know one of those like the you know like the one minute teasers that they used to put on VHS tapes before the actual movie started. It was on there. I can't remember what movie, and it always just interests me this concept of getting sucked into a TV, and. But because you're from the real world, you start to affect yeah. the TV land. Yeah. And you're introducing, and you know, and of course I've read so much about like the actual themes behind that and things like that. And so I finally started watching it months ago, I think when quarantine first started and I never got around to finishing oh, it. Oh, interesting. And I missed out because I had signed up for a free, uh, I apologize for those noises if anyone hears them. Um, I got in a, I did a 30 day membership with, I think, Stars. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to watch it. Yeah. And I just never got around to finishing it. Bummer. Lost out on my subscription. So, bummer. Okay. So, and so I was like, you know what? This will give me an excuse to finish it. And so next week, Pleasantville. Pleasantville. Awesome. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Um, one of the last performances by Don Knotts. <gasps> RIP. To. In a really cool, interesting, um, dramatic role from jeff daniels i'm a huge Love jeff daniels. huge fan of jeff daniels i mean and that's another reason why i wanted to talk about this movie it's got so many actors i love in it we've got jeff daniels don knotts uh william h macy yep. um toby mcguire reese witherspoons reese with her spoons um paul walker um paul, oh that's right paul walker is it i always forget that he's in this movie <laughs> he's the jock that is the jock she is like in love with and that she corrupts. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> next week. Next week on Geraldo. So, <laughs> uh, well, okay, well, that now, okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, good. For Pleasantville. So, yeah, so that's two picks I've had that you've been really excited I'm about. I'm stoked for Pleasantville. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that about wraps it up for us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed uh, Amores Perros. Oh, that was good. Uh, we hope you had a, a great Christmas. And we will see you next week for Pleasantville. Thank you.